What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Just Some Jocks podcast. This is episode five. We just finished our morning workout at Claremont High School. We beat Eddie's team three times in a row, like five, two, five. It doesn't matter. We, we killed them. Uh, speaking of Eddie, though, he's our guest host today. You want to say, say what's up, wow. Eddie? I hate you guys. <laughs> what's up, guys? I talked bad about Eddie in like a, two podcasts ago, so <laughs> yeah. it's good to have him on the podcast where you can get his opinion. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking to him for a while. Just wanted to get him on, so yeah, here he is. All right, so today we decided to bring on Eddie to the podcast because we know he's had a very decorated career both on futsal and outdoor soccer. And uh, I think it's a good learning experience because Eddie had to bounce back from an injury in his career. And so, yeah. So I met Eddie because he was my high school coach last year. And how did you meet him, Jack? Yeah, I've, I've known Eddie for a little longer just because he coached my older siblings as well and was pretty close with them. So we're kind of like, in a way, like family friends, but mainly... Like, I became close with him through high school soccer as well. All right, so we're just going to jump into some questions. So where would you say, like, your first break in soccer was? Uh, when I was probably, like, eight. I mean, I started playing when I was, like, five. just played Mexican League. Uh, my dad put me on the team because my brother played. Did your dad used to play soccer? Yeah, he played oh, soccer. So it was, like, a family thing? Yeah, it was a family thing. Uh, but he played baseball, uh, and he put my brother into baseball. And because we lived in Los Angeles, soccer was a big, a big sport there. Um, because of all the immigrants and people that played there, it was more of like a melting pot. So soccer was something that brought the community together or just people together. Um, but it was funny because my dad said that when I was a little kid, he put me in a game and I started crying. Really? Yeah. Why? You just scared? Yeah, I guess I was scared. Or what I just were you put? Know. Were you put in like games with bigger kids? I think it was bigger kids. Or older as well. Yeah, I think they were bigger and older. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just kind of funny because he was like, "Your first experience with soccer was you on the field and you hating crying. it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he said after he looks at it, and he goes, "I didn't, I didn't expect you to keep playing after that." <laughs> So he said it was pretty funny. Well, did he try to put you in baseball too, or did you? Were you soccer only? I didn't like baseball. They said that I really didn't like baseball. I didn't have an interest in it, and I like soccer a little bit more. But my brother did, and my brother, my two older brothers, played baseball for longer than I did. Mm-hmm. So you started playing at five, you said? Yes. Was that like an ASO, or did was it like a Mexican Sunday league? You league. Said? Like how did... Yeah, it was just a Mexican league that okay. was in the neighborhood. So you played till eight in Sunday league, and then? Uh, no, I kept playing Sunday league for a while. Uh-huh. Um, we moved from Los Angeles over to Ontario, um, so we had to find a league somewhere around here um, because club wasn't something that was more local in like our city, and we would have to travel a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, so it took us, it took me a little bit longer to play club, um, but I think the Mexican leagues were still pretty, pretty what high for club. The first club I played for was uh, Celtics. Oh, yeah. Because okay. right, right before they turned f- uh, from Jets to Celtics, there was a club called Ontario Jets, um, and then they became Celtics. So after you went to your club team, when, how did, how did you, when, what grade did you go to your club team? Oh, I was probably like 11, 12. What was that like transition like from Mexican League to, to club? Did you see like a big difference in the level or like organization? or? I think organization was big because... In more all the pe- other leagues, yeah, more people played yeah. club that were more organized at the and time. show up to trainings where... Yeah, okay. and the Mexican league was more of like if your coach knew a little bit more about soccer and was a little bit more organized, and he would take you on and do sessions. But even then, the sessions weren't as high level because sometimes the coaches didn't know as much, so they would have to learn or they would just do stuff that they knew. And they didn't focus on like the the bigger aspects of the game. It was more of technique and and just playing the game. Um, and the other thing too was the players overall. If you played club, I guess back in my day, um, that meant you were good. If not, you'd have to go back and play Mexican league, or you have to go into ASO and get better on your own, and then you can jump onto a club team. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more. I think the levels. Or a little bit more 
uh, determined to where if you were a bronze team, then that bronze team was bronze. And you knew when you would show up to a game, you were playing a bronze team. And you knew the level. If you played silver, oh, yeah. then you knew it was a silver. And so, I mean, it, it was tough because every level was, was a jump. And then when you got to that premier level, um, you knew you had to show up and play. Um, and it's one of the balls that I bring that has the, the logo oh, on it, right. the premier logo. But when you showed up to those premier games, you had to pretty much ball up every game and you had to show up every game. If not, you'd get eaten alive. And it was more, I guess today, like nowadays, uh, the DA level. Oh, in here. Because everybody who played premier played at a certain location and everybody you knew was going to be good. And every game you knew you had to play. Was Celtic premier? Uh, towards the end of it. Towards, towards the end of it. Towards Were the end of the me playing on the, Yeah. So there was no DA then? It was Premier was the top level? Yeah, Premier was the top level out here because there's no like professional academies and, and stuff like that. Uh, Premier was the highest level, and everybody who was good was Premier. So it was more of a... Uh, nowadays, if you if you ask somebody if they played Premier back in the day, you're like, oh, yeah. Or you can say, yeah, I've played against this guy. And it was more of like a, a, a prestigious thing to play at the premier level. So you obviously played on like a top club team in the top league. How did like that help you transition into playing at like a high school level or, or anything like that? Because as, as you're growing older, like you said, you started playing club at 12, probably took a couple of years to get to the premier level. So now like what, you're probably like 16 maybe, what age are you and like how is that transitioning into high school? So I, I played, I got lucky because my older brother still played when, when he was older and stuff. So it, it helped to play with adults, I would say. So I played at the arena back when it first opened, and there was guys that played semi-pro, there was guys that played professionally, there was guys that played pro-endo that would just show up, and it was almost like playing premier, but at a higher level. And some of those games, I would say they were like professional level, because if you weren't good enough, you'd stand out in a bad way. And everybody was good that played. So I think that definitely helped me. And I got to meet people that were older than I was that played at a higher level that showed me a lot. And I learned from that. So when I actually came out to play with like my club players, it helped my level tremendously. Because these guys, I would see things that you wouldn't see at my own age. And you would see things that you're like, man, this guy just came back from playing maybe at like Puerto Rican Islanders or like playing in the MLS or this guy's taking a break and he's playing you know in the league or he just came back from playing in Mexico so you're like man this guy's from you know a different planet he's doing things that you don't yeah. see and, and back in the day we didn't have access to the internet as much or, or I wouldn't say access but just video access of, of what people would do so so seeing those guys would help you oh yeah by well, far we know that you're like a super flashy player and you have like, <laughs> all the tricks would you say that like doing doing your games and indoor with that was that where like you first learned to like do your flashy moves um i would just say that the people people that were around me gave me confidence because uh -huh. in games i would try not to do it it would be like the games so at the arena i'd probably play like three games a night oh wow yeah how many times a week probably like four four times a week that's, that's a lot that's pretty interesting because you also you'll ask ethan and i sometimes to come out and train with uh or not even train just play games with your team at at the arena as well so it's like you're kind of passing on that like that experience that you had onto players like Ethan and I so that we can get the same benefit. Yeah so it, it's something that they taught me um, just because I learned from those guys but playing like games there's leagues they had like leagues and some of the games weren't very good or it was like a beginner's league mm -hmm. I, I guess you can say and so that's when I would just go out and they would tell me hey do whatever you want in these games because you know, you can, you're a little more free. You don't have the pressure of actually playing because they had a, a men's Premier League and those guys would come out and those guys would play super hard. But if you messed up, sometimes it cost you a goal or you would have to play well every time. So they're like, in these games, don't do that flashy stuff. But when we would play in the lower levels, they're like, do whatever, just make sure you don't get hurt or just make sure to know that these guys aren't as good as the other games. So if you do a move, it's sometimes it's not that they want to kick you. It's just that they can't because of the moves that you do, and they're just late. So the moves, I would just kind of play free-flowing, do my thing, and build confidence. Because just how when, when I coach you guys, you know, in practice, it's when you guys are a little bit more free, mm -hmm. and you can 
do some of the things or experiment with some of the tricks that you do to get that out of the way. So when it comes into a game, you're like, okay, maybe I can do this or maybe I can't and you can practice that, but you can't replicate a game. You know, when you're in a game, it's a little more serious. It's a little more intense. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you know, you can play so many games and you can get so many reps in at a more serious level. So I guess that's what you can say. So you're saying we need to to save or practice more the flashy stuff in practice, but don't bring it to your game, or, where it can or, cost your team a goal if you if you mess up. At like the more serious games. At the more serious. At the games. more serious games, like play more serious, play a little more safe, and know when you can do some of your moves and in the games and on the field, and then the when not to. yeah when not to. But when you know you're playing like a lower level team, and you know okay maybe we'll win, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're up maybe a goal or two. Okay, maybe I can do these yeah. these moves. Or hey, get to a spot on the field where it's safe, and if you lose the ball, you know you can track back and That's win right. the ball back. Or one of your teammates is close enough, and you know the other team isn't good enough to yeah. to score off of that. So mm-hmm. like, pretty much, don't do step overs if you're a center back. But like, <laughs> yeah. If you're saying the attacking third trying to take a player on, then it, that would be a good time to to try it out. Yeah. So yeah. funny story. I'll, I'll give you guys two. <laughs> one one about Fred. Fred Fred is our our high school. Or their high school coach. He was my college coach, but I've coached with Fred for, oh gosh, for probably ten years. Mm. Fred uh, is the head coach of Claremont High School. Yeah, and the head coach at Citrus. He's taught me, gosh, pretty much all I know. Well, he's been coaching for like fifty gosh, years. He's a legend. He's, if you yeah. don't know Fred, <laughs> he's a legend. He's a legend. Um, but he he knows a lot of people, and there's a lot of people in Claremont that are older that I know. And one of the guys, his name is Mike, uh, Mike Hammond. And he he came up to me and he goes, hey, you know Fred? Because you coach with him and you played for him. I was like, yeah, yeah, Fred. Fred's a good guy. And he goes, I used to sit on the sidelines and watch him play. Fred? Yeah, and he, I was like, man, is that when everything was black and white? <laughs> <laughs> but I, he was, he goes, man, one of the stories that sticks in my head was he was playing center back. And he was playing, he did a move, and he tried to make somebody, and the guy closed his legs. The guy won the ball. He was the last man, and he scored. Oh. And, and knowing Fred, if you do that now, he'll he eat you alive. Yeah. Uh-huh. He'll yell at you. You're, you can hear him oh, yelling yeah. from the bench every game. Just simple. All he yells is simple. Like, yeah. at, at the center backs. Like, five guys, take a shot. Like, <laughs> like a sick play, and all, he, and all he has to say is play simple. <laughs> but, no, he's a good coach. I think it's yeah. – Ethan and I, I've talked about it too. It's like a good, like, mix between – Eddie and Fred with the with the high school team because it's oh, like yeah, for sure. Eddie is like a little more on that creativity side and he's like we'll talk to like individual players and he helps like individual players grow while Fred is more of like looking at the team as a whole so it's like they have a good they have a good mix when they as as coaches together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. did you did you play high school and club soccer at the premier level at the same time? Yeah, so I got lucky um, with the the club coach that I ended my club years with. Um, my brother took me to play like this hospital tournament, and he forged my age, really? um, just so I can play. Because at that time I was transitioning out from the the club team I was on, which was a San Bernardino Blast. Uh-huh. And you know, my brother thought it was a it was a good time to to change a club team. So we we showed up, and this doctor was like, "Hey, you're pretty good." He goes, "I know you're not an employee of the hospital," <laughs> but he's like, "Hey," um, he's like, "How old are you?" And at that time I was 15. And he goes, well, you're supposed to be 18 to play. (laughs) But he's like, you look old enough and you play like you're a little older. You don't play like you're 15. And my brother was like, yeah, that's my brother. And he's like, well, I'm kind of his agent. (laughs) I'm kind of his club agent. Um, So he kind of told him, you know, he's he's playing for free at a different different club. So, you know, what can you offer him so he can leave? And he goes, the same thing. He's like, he just has to show up to practice, make sure he's serious, make sure he shows up to practice and shows up to games. And the rest, I'll take care of him. Because he was like, I'm a doctor. So I got kind of lucky at that, for that aspect. Um, he brought me on, and they had a good trainer named Jay, and he was a coach slash trainer. And the doctor oversaw the the club and the team because it was an older team. Um, and I thought I was going to be playing with my own age. But he put me on the team with guys that were his son's age were like 17, 18. And they played Nomads. They played Premier. Oh, wow. Um, but these guys played college. Some of these guys played college. Some of these guys played, played Premier for years. So it was a big jump. That was a big jump for me because it was organized, but I saw the college level side of it. And these guys were, 
like machines. These guys were something else. Their touch was clean. They played, you know, at a fast pace. They played at a high level. Uh, they played at like CBU. They played at UCR, UCI. You know, they were playing at good at good colleges. So I was like, man, these guys are no joke. You know, I had seen, you know, professionals, but I'd never seen a group of guys at their own age play college level. And I was like, man, these guys are, these guys are good. Especially as a younger kid too, like you're 15 playing with an under 18 team. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it just looks, everything looks like they're much bigger and everything too. Yeah. My first game was at Nomads, <laughs> 15 year old kid playing at Nomads and under 18. Yeah, playing under 18s. And, and did you start that game? Or yeah, I started that game. Oh, wow. Luckily I had been going to practice and I was playing a lot yeah. still. Mm-hmm. And the, the trainer was like, oh, you're still pretty fit. And he goes, what do you play? I was like, well, I play like holding mid. I play a uh, center back or, or holding. And he goes, nah, you'll play outside back. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, so I guess. So is that how you ended up becoming an outside back from, from that? Because aren't you an outside back like now and like throughout your career? You... I played, luckily I played outside back and I learned it, but I tried yeah. to play center mid or holding. Um, so it was, it was interesting. As he actually taught me how to play outside back which was pretty funny because I showed up and he goes, we're playing a pretty good team. And I was like, okay. It's nomads. <laughs> yeah, it's nomads. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, we're playing a pretty good team, but he's like, you'll be okay. And he just gave me the angles. He broke it down very simply where he goes, you'll get the ball either from the center back or the holding, or you'll get it from one of the, the guys that are trying to play it back. But just know that there's nobody behind you and the line is pretty much your, your oh, left back is so fun. Oh yeah, I it's was one of the best if I could play left back <laughs> now, but uh, I played left back and I was just running up and down the field. And he goes, just keep running and keep moving, but try not to go into that middle space. He kind of gave you a lot of confidence to go in there. Oh he yeah, said, so he like boosted you. Yeah, and that that was a big thing for me. That's why I try to give you guys confidence and, uh-huh. and try to give you guys cues on what to do. So it gives you confidence and you can play inside of those small cues and and into those uh, small pockets where you guys do certain things well mm-hmm. and then it'll build and then you guys can do stuff after that and I'll give you guys stuff to build off of that. So where it's not so much, I'm not giving you all kinds of stuff to look at and then you guys go in there and fail. And you're like, well, I'm trying to do everything all at once and you're not seeing the things that you're good at. So I try to give you guys stuff that you guys are particularly good at, and then you guys can build off of that. Well, I remember a time when, like beginning in the high school season, Jack, when Fred put Jack and I in the midfield together, and our big problem was that like we would both check in too close to each other, to the outside, and so we would crowd. And mm-hmm. you told me to, when Jack would check in, stay back on that side, and I remember like, it worked out perfectly. Like mm-hmm. after that, it pr- worked out perfectly. You said like you have so much space because I was scared like I was gonna turn and there's gonna be a man there. Yeah. But giving Jack so much space to turn and find me just opened up the whole field and it just gave me confidence to like to like push yeah. forward and stride. So that, I, like that giving like little tips like that just really builds like a player and gives them confidence to to, to adapt to a, to a different part of their to a different style of game. Yeah, and you see different things. Uh, in the game too, you you get to see different things, and it's almost like you you move to the side a little bit, and you get a different angle of, of what you're trying to look at, and you take like a second to look, and you can see what's going on, and somebody else can find you, and sometimes it just takes two steps to the left or two steps to the right, and it's yeah. like a big difference. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you play um, high school soccer as well? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a good. Um, how would you say it? The coach, the high school coach, didn't have a good reputation. Was he harsh? Uh, mean? I wouldn't say he was harsh or mean. He just didn't know a lot of the game. Okay. Uh-huh. So he he pushed back a lot of players that knew the game, and he thought, you know, it's either my way or no way. Um, so a bunch of the guys that had come before that, and my brother that played there, they didn't have a good experience. So I actually played basketball my sophomore <laughs> freshman year. Um, so I my my childhood best friend lived around the corner and my dad set up a basketball court in our driveway and we set up a basketball court like on his sidewalk because his street wasn't busy and we just go out there and play 
like all summer. So that's how you're so good at basketball. <laughs> yeah. I remember we played a little pickup game at the uh, futsal at, City, at Mexico. Oh, that's City, right. And you just were like so good. I was like, wait, <laughs> don't you play soccer? <laughs> yeah. So I, I got lucky because at the high school where I played, um, my freshman uh, summer, the fresh the year of my freshman year, he, my best friend was like, hey, I'm going to Upland and you're going to Chafee. He's like, we should just play, you know, summer league. You know, we'll wake up early, play basketball all summer. My brother would play, and we'd call neighborhood kids or our friends, and we'd just play, like, three-on-three. Three. His dad would come out. His brothers would come out. Um, and then we just figured, hey, we should go, you know, to different uh, basketball courts in different cities or at different parks because at that time it was uh, and one was a big thing. So we're like, hey, let's go, <laughs> let's go beat some people <laughs> or if not get beat ourselves. <laughs> Um, so we just started going to different parks and different rec centers and pick up games. Yeah, pick up games. And I met some of the guys at the high school and they played on like travel ball teams. They played on club teams and they're actually really good. Uh -huh. um, and some guy that I follow now, he's like a, a rap battler. Um, <laughs> he like I watch his stuff and, you know, we s still talk about it and stuff. And he was really good. Uh -huh. uh, Mike Woodson. Like, uh, his name is a uh, Young Grizz, <laughs> and he, you know, he's a battle rapper. But um, we chat, and he was like, "Man, I still remember, you know, we you'd pick me up, or I'd pick you up, and we'd just go to these different rec centers, and we'd go to the rec center in, in Ontario. I was kind of hidden, but it was just a rec center that all these basketball players knew. Uh -huh. And you know, there was a mix, like African American guys, like Mexican guys. There was like the sprinkle of like white guys that would show up and you're like okay these guys have to be good you know they're, <laughs> they're coming into the rec center with these this confidence and some of these guys like that were older would either play like in the right now would be like the Gatorade League um, and some of the guys would play like you know junior college and stuff uh -huh. uh, so it was it was pretty cool like seeing these guys but all these guys would play and it was it was tough and I told me don't expect me to dribble and to cross people up, but I'll, I'll D up anybody on this court and I'll run up and down and I'll just defend. And they're like, well, you have good footwork because of soccer, so just use that. Yeah. And so I just had to get down like the, the different technique of like footwork that you have to do in basketball and then just using my hands at the same time. Um, so all those guys, and I think I learned a lot like footwork wise and it helped me transition over. Uh, so that was just, Funny to, to kind yeah. of uh -huh. get into. You probably got probably got good um, cross training out of that too. Like between you know like playing a different sport, like just and then going back to soccer, you just, your body like adapts differently. So it was it was crazy to see all these guys like have some kind of confidence in me to defend. But I remember I got better at, at passing the ball, and it was funny because they were like just lob it up, just throw it up, and it was it was pretty cool to see like guys dunk, but it. It gave me like an extra like confidence boost when I'd like do a crossover and I'd throw it up to somebody and just seeing somebody grab the ball and, and dunking it, slam it is like to me it was unreal. So I was like, I'll do that all day. <laughs> I'll pass you the ball whenever you need it. If I you know, if I win the ball back, I'd give it to you guys or I'd take a couple dribbles and throw it up. And it was almost like that Zion William video where there's that angle from the cross court where he does a 360 oh, and his yeah. buddy in the background is already jumping while he's in the air and he's super excited. That's how I felt every yeah. time. Not Zion Williams, but the guy in the background jumping. Because it looks so cool. Like, yeah. When they get that high, people are crazy. Yeah. So did you play soccer at all in high school or no? So I decided to, to just play high school because I knew it was something that people talked about and I knew the experience was going to be fun. So I just ended up going to try out. And the first tryout day, the coach was like, where have you been? <laughs> and everybody was like, he's a basketball player that we we're talking about. Um, but then everybody knew. Everyone you know, knew that you were good at soccer though, huh? Yeah, people had, had known about me or, or they have heard about me. Um, Cause I played a spring season for ASO. Cause my, my neighbor was like, hey, let's just play spring. And it was a co-ed season and we would just we just kind of went out and just to have fun, just to get extra games, but it was more for fun. Um, and somebody had seen me there from the high school team. And He's balling out on a bunch of ASO games. Yeah, <laughs> it was so much fun, because at first we're like, well, we don't know what it's like. 
and it was we heard that it was co-ed so we're like oh, it can't be too hard <laughs> so my buddy is like hey let's just go have some fun you know it, we play at a high level for so long that we need some fun so that's a good idea mm-hmm. and the way we rigged the, the system was we just said that we live together <laughs> um so uh, I ended up trying out, and the coach was like, uh, you're pretty much on the team, and you're pretty much on varsity. Um, funny thing was that's pretty much how I met one of my best friends. Uh, he's Argentinian. Uh, his name is uh, Jonah. He coached at Chafee uh, for a little bit, um, and he's a teacher now in L.A. Um, but we talk all the time, and that's how you know, I met one of my best friends through soccer. Um, but we ended up, I ended up playing in high school for two years, which was so much fun. I'm I'm so glad that I made the transition because high school is something that I think you meet people from your high school but you're so close because you see them every day yeah. and you're there for gosh pretty much all day yeah five days a week six hours a day yeah, <laughs> yeah so. plus your practice time mm-hmm. um, so you meet people um, and I was telling Jack that the other day and you have to sacrifice a couple things but within that sacrifice you gain like good friends yeah like, I'm sure you two will be like good friends, you know, yeah. lifelong friends. I mean, we've known each other since preschool. Yeah, exactly, so. bro. Yeah. But, I mean, like, people like like Jared DeMott, who's, like, one of my best friends as well, he, uh, like, I met him through high school soccer. Like, I, the first time I ever met him, it was, like, he was trying out for the Frosh team, and I was like, dang, this kid's good. And I literally, like, <laughs> since then, we've been, like, super close. So. I didn't even know Jared played, like, legit <laughs> soccer until, <laughs> until, like, my junior year. Oh, Jared. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely get, like, lifelong relationships through it. Yeah, so, I mean, it was hella fun. We have a stadium at Chafee, and we played there at Chafee yeah, right, the yeah. Stadium. Um, but my buddy Jonah and I, it was so funny because we'd play people, and we just figured out how to play with each other. So there'd be times where he liked to, tr- like, slide tackle, but he'd do it to get the other person to get a big touch. So then I would come in and I'd just try to wreck them. <laughs> and I'd just get a hard tackle or I'd win the ball and then we'd play. And we didn't know we were doing it, but it was almost like those 2v1s where you just make the person uh, run. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or he'd get a hard slide tackle and I'd walk up and I'm like, ooh, that hurts. <laughs> um, and one of the things we tried to do is we'd try to hit it over the stadium seats. Oh so oh, we would win. Just yeah, we were just, I mean, we would have fun. And it's like how I said earlier, when you would, when you're up by a lot in games, you started to to just kind of have fun. Yeah. And that's where you tried different things. One of the things that we did wasn't, I mean, it wasn't very productive. And we tried to hit it over the stadium seats. And one of the times Jonah was like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and Is it he, because the loser has to shag balls? No, nah, we just did it during games. <laughs> <laughs> just for Yeah, fun. Just, just for fun, just to see if we can do it. And one of the times he hit it, and in the middle of the game, we're like, oh, no, he's going to do it. And we stopped, and it hit, like, the little fence area, and it came back down. And we're like, no. <laughs> Everybody looked at us like, what are you guys doing? And the coach was like, why would you guys kick it out so far? And the coach wasn't as, like, knowledgeable of the game, I guess. Yeah, he was, like, a good guy. But he just his knowledge of the game wasn't very high. And we're just like, we're just trying to kick it out. We're just trying to kick it out. It's far. We're trying to waste time. And he goes, oh, you guys are smart. You're smart. <laughs> <laughs> So after, like, your your high school experience, when did you, like, start be taking soccer more seriously and, like, thinking of it as, like, a like a career? It was probably during the transition from basketball to soccer. That's when you thought you year. wanted to take it to your career? Yeah, because I met uh, Coach Jason, who's a head coach at Chafee, and he's another assistant coach at Citrus. Uh-huh. And one day he goes, you're going to play for me at Citrus. And I looked at him, and I was like, I don't even think I'll play college soccer. You know, I didn't know I was that good. Um, but in that, that time frame, um, people were telling me, hey, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. You can play at the next level. Um, but back then, it, was, it wasn't something that a lot of people did. Or it, wasn't, it was something that people did that were really serious at the game. Mm-hmm. So my brother was like, it's either you take it serious now, or you're going to have to focus on school and, and just do it as a hobby and just for fun. And you didn't want to do it as a hobby? Yeah, I just kind of th- saw it as like, you know, I'm playing at a higher level. And it was it was one of those things that I got to see people do it, and it wasn't so foreign. So people were like, yeah, you can, you can do it. You can play too. It's like you're good enough to play, but it's something that's attainable, something that I can reach, that I can see. And I knew that, hey, 
if these guys can do it, I think I can probably do it. You know, I'm playing alongside guys that played at UCR. And, you know, I just thought, you know, these guys could play. So, Did you ever end up playing for Citrus? Yeah, I ended up um, playing at Citrus after I graduated from Chafee. Um, I still had, you know, close contract close contract with uh, with uh, Jason. Mm. And he just kept asking me and asking me and asking me. Um, so I just said, you know, I'm just going to try out. And he gave me a visit of the campus. I'm, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Even though it's not far from where we live. It's something new. Yeah, it's just something yeah. new. Um, and so I just said, you know what, I'm just going to try out. And they had a lot of returners that year. So it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was actually a lot of fun um, to try out and to see, you know, what that next level is like. Yeah. And did you did you perform well? Like, did any other top colleges talk to you or anything? Yeah, that summer was the last summer that I played club. Um, the coach at Humboldt contacted me. Mm-hmm. But I was still kind of... Um, dedicated to to playing at citrus and stuff and that's kind of far uh, yeah. yeah it was just a big change i went out for a visit but it's more expensive as well yeah i didn't i didn't know if i liked the the city and it was very uh very very different from down here and it's in like a very secluded city it's very small everybody knew each other um so you did two years at citrus yeah uh, i did two years at citrus it was kind of funny because i went in as like a center center mid uh-huh. and there's an Italian assistant coach Paolo and he played in Serie B oh wow and this guy was short but this that's guy that's the second a, division in Italian soccer yeah the second division in Italian soccer and he was like very serious freaking tree trunks for legs <laughs> calves were probably the size of my quad <laughs> uh, and he was like you're not playing center mid he's like we have enough of those guys you're gonna play center back and i'll teach you how to play center back because you have the right qualities uh to play center back um and it was kind of it was interesting because i didn't know if i was gonna play or not after that but i just kind of had to work hard mm-hmm. um, and i talked to my brother and i talked to my trainer from my club team and he goes look if they're willing to convert you to another position that means they're still interested in you and they're willing to give you an opportunity but you're I was always like willing to to learn so and that's a hard no. transition from Especially center like, mid to center back if there's older you said that there's a lot of returners too so you're probably one of the younger guys too so they obviously want to get you on the field if if they're still going to transition you to center back because they want you playing but maybe not in that in your preferred position but like it's still you know you, you take what you can get if you're one of the younger guys right yeah exactly and the guys that they had coming back from center mid were were good those guys were one of them had played a year before that another one was like a returner from a few years before um, and they had some older guys come in that were just new to the program mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm gonna compete with those guys. They just, they were just a little better. I, I would say just at the position, and they knew Fred and they knew the system. Uh, but it actually, wasn't as difficult as I thought. Transitioning from center mid to center back, you just don't have to worry about people behind you, and you just have to defend the forwards in front of you, and just track them, mm-hmm. uh, and just playing flat four. You're more of a of a positional person than checking in the space, turning, playing balls. You just didn't get to see the ball more. And after your your two years at playing at Citrus, did you did you, you said you started coaching there? I coached there later, later on, but I'd still go back and train. Um, actually, one of the guys that played that I met from the arena that was close to Jason and myself, he played in Norway mm-hmm. in the second division. And he was like, look, you played two years here. So I think it's time for you to move on um, and try to try to play professionally and give it a shot. Um, so we trained super hard, and he, he gave me the in and outs of, of playing in Norway. And he goes, look, we have to train early when the grass is wet because either the grass is going to be wet or it's going to snow and it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And your boots are going to be wet and heavy. So, uh, so after Citrus, you 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 wanted to take a shot at going pro in Norway. Yeah, yeah, I pursued it a little bit because people would would tell me, you know, you're you're pretty fit, but you have, you know, good qualities. Your technique is right, and you work pretty hard. 
Um, so I gave it a try. And I went out there for like a month, but to Norway, really? Yeah. I just was that was that was that hard? It was hard for me because I had never been outside the, I guess, my comfort zone uh-huh. or, like, outside of a different culture. No, outside and the country. Yeah, yeah. outside the yeah. country. And, and the cultural boundary was very yeah. was very different. And how did those trials go? I thought it, it went well. And there was, like, a couple, like, a handful of guys that spoke English or spoke Spanish. Because uh-huh. um, just, like, in every league or every team, there's people that are, that are foreign, but they're, like, South American or you know, from from Spain or something, some country that speaks Spanish or English. Um, and it went well, but the process to go back was a little hard and I just wasn't uh, educated enough in that area. So I just never went back. Oh, so they wanted you to come back, but you just decided not to? Yeah, I didn't know how like the visa worked and I had to do paperwork. Oh. And to do the contract and stuff was... You need an agent. Yeah, I you, need you an agent. You got your brother. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I he, know I need my brother. Was he like a serious agent or was he... No, he was just a local he was just <laughs> agent for me. But that guy, that my buddy that, that took me over was like, yeah, you can, that you can do it. But we just had to do a bunch of paperwork. And it was around the time that it, was, it had to be done then and there. And the process was going to be longer because I was a foreigner. Um, yeah. From the states, and for some reason, the people from the states have a hard time getting a visa to play somewhere. So I just didn't go back, and I ended up playing like local leagues here. Um, I ended up just kept trying to play. Um, I played in LA. Yeah, you I played the uh, LA Wolves, right? Which is now Cal United. Yeah. Well, yeah, which is like a. I mean, now they're a professional team. When you play with them, they were UPSL, right? So yeah. Did this happen right after Norway? You just decided to go to LA Wolves? No, I just kept playing here, and I just kind of focused on school. Uh huh. Um, but I kept playing a lot. Um, I just kept trying to find places um, to play, and it was pretty funny because a bunch of the guys were like, "Oh yeah, you can get paid to play here still, but you're just not a professional." And I was like, "How do you do that? Like, this is what are you talking about?" And they were like, "Yeah, people." People pay you to play. And one of my buddies that played in Mexico was like, I'll take you. And I just showed up, and I didn't know better. In Mexico? No, here, just out here in different leagues. Uh And I showed up, and the guy showed up with a box full of cleats. (laughs) And that's how he paid us one game. And I was like, man, you guys are living the life. Were they (laughs) nice cleats? Yeah, there were some, um, they're legends. Oh, Uh, the Tiempo legends? Yeah, the Tiempo legends. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I think I can do this for a little bit before I find something else. Um, but I just kept trying to find places to play. And there was, like, teams that were kind of semi-pro. And they would play in the U.S. Open Cup. But they just weren't as organized. Yeah. And I just kept trying to find those teams. And then I played for the Wolves. Um, and a few years later, I ended up playing for the Ontario Fury. Um, was that? Would you say that was your first like big indoor gig, or like the first like when you really started getting into indoor yeah, what, soccer and futsal? What I mean, made you decide futsal? Yeah, because you had always been playing some indoor before, like, indoor. when you were younger. But like, yeah, um, did you have any other experience, or was it just like you got the offer, the contract offer from Fury, and you just decided to take it, and that that's what got you into it? Yeah, I just um, Jeff Tackett, the goalkeeper trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the coach for the second team for the Fury. And he was still coaching here, and I was, I had started coaching here at Claremont. And he goes, just get a little more fit, like indoor fit, which is kind of like basketball oh, fit. Because you get so hot playing indoor. Yeah, yeah and, and the, the fitness is different because it's, it's, the field's smaller. Yeah. You have to do more sprinting, and Short the gameplay is, is different. So he was like, just get a little more fit, and then you can come play for the second team and then try out. Um, and it was fun. I thought it was so much fun. Like it, it was, it was definitely different because some of the first team guys would come play, and I played in that game. And it was an we played against an Arizona team, and these guys were actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Majel was like, "Just play." He's like, "You'll be okay." And I was like, "Man, this is different. You know, these it's organized. There's certain passes that they look for. There's like a target player. My buddy, there's a target player that, that holds the ball. He rolls it to people." And he's usually big, and they're like, you're in the back. You're a good defender. Just stay in the back. Um, so it was definitely different. But when I tried out, um, you know, I made the team, and they they offered me to play on the first team, and I'd bounce back from the first and the second Your team. Play. Yeah. And that definitely gave me a lot of experience playing with the, the older, like, more experienced indoor players because mm-hmm. there's definitely guys that had played 
outdoor or indoor for years. Was it scary, like, ch- or playing in front of a crowd? Yeah, it's definitely different. Because that's, that's, like, a decent-sized stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first thing's pretty big. Yeah, so it's funny because you're, you get excited. Pre-game. But then when you're out there, you're shitting oh, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you get to walk out, and you do your pregame stuff, and you're like, oh, the lights. There's not a lot of people. Yeah. You do your warm-up, and you have to focus on your warm-up, but it's so hard because it's your first time, like, looking around, and you're like, oh, man, this is so cool. <laughs> um, and it's, it's different. It's a different feel because when you play regular and, and you grow up playing, like, you get ready for a game, but playing there is like you're playing on a professional surface. Like there's a crowd, there's lights, and underneath the the surface, the hockey team, the Ontario Rain would play the hockey team. So yeah. it was cold. So oh, you have to really? get used to that. Like the the feel is different. Uh, so you're just kind of trying to get used to it, and it's a very very different experience. And it's very funny because you're like looking around you know what do i do i don't want to mess up my pastor and yeah. warm-up that's and my, that would be my biggest fear is like going out there and just being nervous and just having the worst touches ever exactly what did that happen uh yeah it you, did you're, I feel like, you're so worried uh-huh. of your shift because you do it in shifts and your shift is usually like anywhere from like a minute to two minutes and then you sub off and you do it in threes and i was like damn i don't want to like take a dump on you know <laughs> on my touch or or lose the ball and cause a goal or like not get a good pass or lose the ball and they score score own goal and you're you're on the big screen and everybody's watching and you're like uh crap and so you you just have to get like that first shift jitters out of the way yeah. and get that first shift out of the way make sure you get a good first pass mm-hmm. and then you get off the off the field you get on the bench you take a breath and you're like, no, dang, this is okay. Like, this yeah. is okay. like maybe I can do this. Uh-huh. But it's definitely like a humbling experience and, and a learning experience because it's definitely another level. Oh, for sure. Imagine like being in the Premier League and playing in front of 50,000 yeah, fans. Like, Those guys, when they make their de- debuts, and like there's like a, a thing that goes on when like it's your debut, the crowd chants, "Who are you? Yeah. Who are oh, you?" And people are and people are. I bet it's, I bet the oh guy man. is just so nervous. Thing. It is ruthless, yeah. and that's what they want to happen to you. They want to break you. Yeah. And so like when I when I watch players that have like insane debuts, like like Zlatan. Respect. Oh gosh. <laughs> that man has scored a goal on every debut <laughs> he's had for a team. Did you ever have an experience like that where the crowd is like all up in your face or chanting something like mean at you? Yeah, there's some stadiums that it's, it's it seems tight. Um, I guess like the worst stadium is like San Diego Soccer's. The stadium seems like the fans are on the field. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're just so like they're up right, in your face. Yeah, they're right on the boards. The seats are like right on the field and they're chanting and yelling at you, but they have, I would say, the biggest following in the indoor league uh-huh. so it's like they have a chanting section with their fans and everywhere in the in the stadium there's like either soccer shirts or jerseys and the people that are closer are probably like season ticket holders or people that buy like seats wow. so it's so loud but it's not loud for you like it's loud for the other team yeah so yeah, if okay. you do miss a pass you feel it. <laughs> and, like, once you, like, it's game time, uh, you for sure feel that. Did you ever have, like, fans, like, screaming at you? Oh, cuss- for sure. Cussing at you? For sure. Wow. For sure. What yeah, was your, did you have to learn to, like, block them out? Yeah, and it's so tough because they're, like, cussing at you or they're calling you a donkey. <laughs> they're, like, your, your shit or your touch is so yeah. bad. And if you get a bad touch, then you're, like, crap. Yeah. Now I have to defend, and they're, like, yelling at me. It's like in the NBA where, like, if you hit an air ball, the yeah. whole air stadium ball. is air ball. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, though, because in a, a previous episode, Ethan and I were talking about, like, about how, like, fans yelling at you get in your face, and I said that I like that stuff. Did you do you It puts think you that, under pressure. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I, I liked it, like, because then when you do something well, you show them up or you shut them up. Like, did you ever, like, in your opinion, did you enjoy it or did you dislike it? Because, like... Yeah, yeah. F- I guess at the beginning, if you're not a veteran player that's used to it, and it kind of gets to you. Not that it gets to you, but it's just something that you have to get used to and get over. Yeah. So there are times where people are like, dang, I got a bad pass. Get me off the field. Mm-hmm. And luckily in, in soccer and indoor, you can get off the field and you can 
get back on. Get back on and recover and recuperate. Mm-hmm. But we, like for the rookies and for the guys that aren't as experienced, bro, it's so hard. Like the veteran guys are just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I can care less of what you guys are saying. But after you get into it and you get like a good amount of games under your belt, it must have built your confidence as a oh, person sure. to be able to to put that off to the side of people giving you criticism. Oh yeah, and if you make a good pass. Or, or, like, if you assist somebody or if somebody scores a goal, then that, like, boosts your morale. Yeah, uh-huh. And you're like, dang, I can play here. And then everybody's kind of, like, screaming yes. Screaming like yes. Or on. if you score an away goal, then the, the crowd, like, silences the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> silencing and, the crowd. And now I know, like, why, like, professional players, like, you know, silence the crowd or they put their <laughs> hands over the ears, like, excuse me. I mean, Ronaldo, also, like, the calm. Yeah, the calm. Yeah. 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 When you put it in perspective, too, like, it'll probably take pressure off because it's like, you've made it. You're on the field playing. Like, you're already, you're a pro. And then they're over there probably, like, drinking a beer, screaming at you. So, like, <laughs> you look at it in perspective like that. Like, you've made it. They have it. And it's just, like, at the end of the day, like, yeah. who's, who's happy? But then again, you know? soccer is nothing without fans. Some true, famous yeah. soccer no, that players makes it awesome. Yeah. Yeah. About your national team. Oh, yeah, uh, like, made- couple caps for for the national team right yeah for el salvador so yeah um, would, would you say yeah sorry go ahead oh did like playing on ontario fury help help you get to that yeah the coach for ontario fury kind of they asked them if he knew anybody and then some of the guys on the on the team were like hey i heard you know his parent one of his parents is from el salvador so he called me and he goes were they lying or were they telling the truth <laughs> and i was like yeah, why? And I didn't. I had no idea. So he's like, "I'm just gonna give the your number to somebody," and then they called me. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." Like I had, I didn't know. I mean, uh-huh. at that point, I wasn't playing for myself, you know. How yeah. did they introduce themselves? Uh, they just he called and he was like, "I'm the the representative that's putting the team for El Salvador together." And did you? Um, and was was like, that like uh, such a good feeling? Yeah, yeah I was like, uh, "Wait, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, who are you? <laughs> is this real? Am I getting pranked?" <laughs> Because uh, so playing for your country, I mean, indoor or outdoor is like something huge like that every player wants to do. So that's yeah, actually and, a big deal. And there's, I mean, there's there's times where you're like, okay, I'm playing for myself. You know, I want to prove something like to myself, like all the hard work that you've put in. Yeah. Um, but definitely like that's playing for like somebody else or for your country. And I would say that's definitely I played for like my mom and for like my parents. Because yeah. it wasn't something that, not that I didn't want to do, but I didn't want to do for myself. You know, and there's definitely, like, people out there that are from that country that are cheering you on because of the the crest, you know, yeah. on, on your shirt. They and it's not, are, right? yeah, they, they don't even know who you are. Yeah. But because of the crest on your shirt, it, like, makes, it shows, like, their pride. Exactly. And they're cheering for you. So oh, at that sure. point, I didn't play for myself. You know, I played for the fans and for other people that were from that country. And I know people from El Salvador, so... And when they came to watch, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, I wanted to make them proud and not so much myself. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you individually performed well and represented El Salvador well? Yeah, I would say I, I did my best, um, but it was really fun because I actually got to score a goal. Really? And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a goal for me. You yeah. know, it was more goal for like the people like that were in the stands. And that was against the the U.S. national. Yeah, I saw, I saw those highlights yeah. on YouTube. Oh, that's right. <laughs> They're on YouTube. I need to yeah. watch it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Please. It was it was pretty funny because I have friends that played for the U.S. national team, and they were like, "You won't score on us. <laughs> like, You'll be lucky if you touch the ball." And I was like, "Man, this is so cool." Like, you're on the Jumbotron and stuff. And they probably said your name, right? Like, goal yeah. scored by Yeah, goal Eddie scored. Flores. And it was pretty funny because, like, I was, uh, I pointed at the guy defending me, and he was my buddy. And then I, uh, the cool thing is that they give you something to throw into the crowd. Yeah, they, is it like a ball? Yeah, it a was a ball. ball. Yeah. Luckily, uh, that game we were sponsored by Dave & Buster's. Uh-huh. And so they gave me, like, an actual soccer ball from Dave & Buster's. Wow. And I was like, I know where my family's sitting. <laughs> so I was like, so I sad. ran over, and... Like, I threw it into the crowd, and, and my brother caught it. <laughs> so he was like, I was like, shh, you know, like, don't say anything. And uh, the people that were sitting in the front row, they were like, if you score, throw something at me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I just threw it up into the crowd, knowingly that I threw it to my brother. Um, but it, that was, like, one of the, like, the proud moments that I had, like, in my career. Because I didn't really score for myself or for the team that I was playing for at the time. You know, I scored for the uh, El Salvador national team. It must have been emotional. Yeah. It was it was actually really cool.
Um, and so obviously you, you've torn your ACL as well at some point in your career. Um, what like team were you playing for and how did that affect you? Um, like how did that affect your career? So I was playing for the LA Wolves um, and we were playing like our regular league season and we were playing the US Open Cup and we were, I think it was the third round. Um, and if we had won that game, we had we were going to play against the Galaxy. Wow. Uh, was that when Galaxy was super good? Yeah. But, still MLS. Yeah, they were gonna. They were obviously gonna play their yeah. like bench guys and stuff because it was early on in the yeah. in the U.S. Open Cup. Also, for those who don't know that what the U.S. Open Cup is, it's a uh, it's pretty much like a tournament with all the teams in the United States, professional and semi-pro. And so, like LA Wolves, a team that is semi-pro, would have the opportunity to play against like a team like LA Galaxy, which is MLS, or like you could play USL teams as well. So, like technically, the final could be like a non-league semi-pro team against like Chicago Fire of the MLS so it's like it's a really like cool tournament because you'll see a lot of underdogs and people will get noticed and scouted to better teams through the tournament yeah so, I mean it kind of it sucked because in that game you know we were doing well we were beating this team and then I I made two turns without lifting my left foot and uh, I felt a pop and I got up and I was like oh no like that was really weird and I got up and I tried to play, but it just... Uh, that's a big thing with ACLs is people, like, they don't realize, like, how bad it is. Yeah. They, like, try and play through it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's tough because I see, like, professional guys do it now. And they try to play through it. Or there's a guy that's Argentinian. His name is Fernando Gago. And he tried to play through it. And then he was like, nah, sub. <laughs> and that's what happened to me. Like, I, I got up. I tried to run. And I just felt it. And I was like, my knee didn't feel stable. I couldn't move diagonally. I couldn't really pass the ball. So I, I knew something was wrong. And luckily, my, my good friend is a physical therapist, and he owns his own practice. And I called him, and he goes, you know, just ice it. Wait a couple days. I'll set a, an appointment. Um, but that that's, a, like, a huge, a huge injury. That's bad. How long yeah. were you out for I would say like a good like eight months wow. just because I wanted to play it safe. I was cleared at six or six and a half months, yeah. which is the same time that Slatan came back, but he, <laughs> he actually played. Yeah. Um, but I was just cleared from the doctors. Um, but my buddy uh, does like really good work on ACLs and he focuses on that because mm -hmm. he was like, you know, I'm a soccer player and I want people to come back. Uh, but it's definitely more mental than physical at first for sure. because you can't walk uh, and they were in a brace and it just feels like constricting yeah well i wasn't on the in a brace but they repaired my meniscus and you can't put pressure on it and you can't bend your knee because it's like brand new so your your acl is brand new my meniscus was brand new so it was, just, it was really tough to to come back uh, you definitely need like support um, but i didn't think i was going to play ever again and that's when i had like gained weight Cause I really wasn't watching what I was eating. It was just demoralizing. Um, and I just thought, well, this is it. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I didn't know anybody personally that had gone through it. Um, but then luckily I was, started, I was coaching at uh, Citrus and I did the summer training and I lost all this weight. And my physical therapist and my doctor were like, and you, like, you've healed up like really well and you're fit. And I don't use a brace now. And they're like, it doesn't affect you. And you can go back to playing and you can go back to normal if you really work at it but you really have to like focus on like strengthening it up and like mentally being ready and prepared there's a video on your instagram of your first jog oh yeah back oh my on gosh. the treadmill how what was that how was that so scary was uh, that scary that was the scariest like one of the scariest moments because you don't you don't want to mess it up you have no trust in your knee yeah and you you have to like learn how to walk and it has to be like heel toe and just has to be very technical and if you don't walk right then they have to fix your posture or the way you walk so you really have to focus on strength and your technique and walking and just make sure you focus on on coming back the right way and taking the right precautions before you fully go out and play like in a game or, and or use that practice. like doing all those turns and things at oh, full gosh. force like that must i remember because i used i had to do physical therapy for miney and going back out there and like like just trusting your body to do like full force turns and all that it's just oh, it's the scariest feeling ever yeah and i remember my first tackle because i i started practicing and i played in like small leagues and i'd play very 
cautiously. I'd get the ball, I'd play. I wouldn't try to dribble at anybody, and I was pretty slow because you you don't really know if you can take a full stride. Yeah. And as I gained more confidence, I went into a full-on tackle. I won the ball and I passed it. And then at the end of the game, my buddy was like, okay, I see you. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, you tackled somebody so hard and you won the ball. And I was like, oh, man, you're right. <laughs> and after that, I gained more confidence and I was able to train hard. And then I played with the, the Fury second team and I kind of just started coming back after that. Gotcha. And that's when Joel and I were doing futsal, like right before that. And we had a futsal t- like tournament under our belt already. So that's one of the reasons what motivated me and all the guys on like playing futsal were like, no, you can't just stop, man. We're like, we need you to play mm-hmm. and we need you to come back because that's one less person, but like you, you're a part of the organization. So you can't just stop playing. Um, and futsal was really the reason why I came back, just so I can play futsal again, because that was like the, I guess my newfound love mm-hmm. for the sport. So you just don't give up, basically. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very easy, like easy to give up, uh, but it makes you a challenge. way better person if you mentally go through that. And I think it mentally like made me a way better person, like on and off the field, because on the field, you know, I'm a little more careful. With other people, you know, I don't go in recklessly. And I make sure, like, I'm cautious with, like, my body, too. Um, but you're, like, really aware of what other people are doing. And you can help other people in that sense. But it's also, like, very humbling. Because you, you can't walk. And you learn how to walk. <laughs> so you, you take that into consideration. And you take that in, but, like, not so lightly anymore. Like, it, it's something that you have to do. Um, you don't take that stuff you had before for granted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're probably, we, we take so much for granted right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, we, we just play. Before, I was like, I can train. We just know, trained before this, but, yeah. like, we never had that thought of, like, oh, we're going to go out there and like tear our ACL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if I can't play anymore, you know? And I was out for, like, I think when that video that I posted probably was, like, three months out mm-hmm. or a little less. We can put that video on our story yeah, on instagram yeah you so put you on your instagram story you can look at that so it, it's very i would say if anybody's going through like any kind of like mental challenge not even just like an injury like i'm sure you can reach out to one of us and we can you know i'm more than willing to help you like mentally and, and help guide you because it's definitely something that you know if you're going through something mentally you, you need support and you need somebody to, to back you up and mm-hmm. just know that you're not always alone. And you had your Meg City people to, oh, for sure. to get you back in. And yeah, and I had you. a good support group. Yeah, There's we'll always drop, people. We'll drop Eddie's Instagram username in, in our next post. So yeah, you of can course. always DM him or hit him up or whatever. All right, so I think uh, we're going to end it on that there. That was really interesting. Oh, yeah. Longest podcast yet, but... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, really guys. No, no that's good. <laughs> intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think what we're going to do is... After every episode we have a new guest on, we're going to do a what are the odds challenge and we'll Gosh. have to think of... Uh, <laughs> like we did last week with Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like we did last week. So, this, guys, let's do it. Let's yeah. do the... I Jack hope Jones I don't take an L. Yeah. We're going to be... Um, it's going to be for an ice bath next session because we have access to this huge bath and huge thing of ice here at CHS. So, loser, this one's got to take an ice bath next session, all right? Gosh. Between me and Eddie. Right. If we both say... Okay, if, First, we, if we say the same number, then Eddie has to do it. But if we don't say the same number, like if he says two, I say one, or I say two and he says one, then, then Jack will I have, have to do it. it. Yeah, but if we All both right. say the same number. Sorry, Eddie. I reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's All go. Right. All right, I'm going to count down. Okay. Three, two, one. 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 Oh, <laughs> no. Hey, I'm two for two. I'm wow, two for two. No. Wow, Eddie's got to take an ice bath. That <laughs> video will be going dead. up on the, on the Instagram. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Make sure you follow the Instagram to see that at yeah. Just Some Jocks. At Just Some Jocks. Follow the Twitter, follow all of it. Uh, thank you, Eddie, very much. Really quick before you go, uh, as an Arsenal fan, where do you think we're going to finish this season? Oh, in a Europa League spot? I hope we finish in a Europa League spot. It's looking pretty good. I think the young the young kids are, are learning and they're giving us a little yeah. boost. Five games unbeaten, though. A very young Gosh. squad. But I think we'll end up, because uh, the other teams are playing top teams, too, and... We have two good results against top six teams. Finally. Yeah. Finally. So, yeah, again, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to put his his Instagram, and we'll tag him and everything in the upcoming post. Give him a follow. Hey, Ramon, 
I know you're gonna hear this. I told you I'd shout you out. <laughs> What's Ramon? his Insta? No, uh, Ramon, Ramon Insta. is a funny guy. He doesn't have an Instagram, a Snapchat, or a really? Facebook. He just has a phone. <laughs> and you either text him or call him. That's good. I mean, I feel like that's, uh, that's yeah, how people he's, should be. He's a be. very, very interesting guy, but he's one of our closest friends and I guess a, a machine. He he's works like crazy. Oh, he works so hard. I've never seen yeah. that man Fittest guy not out here. try. All right, you guys, again, thank you for tuning in. And um, you want to say roll the outro for us? <laughs> yeah, roll the outro. All right, thank you for joining us. This is episode eight of the Just Some Jocks podcast. Today we have Sophia, Ali, and Nat with us. Hey guys. Hey. So we. we... <laughs> All right, roll the intro. <laughs> okay.